Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Every week, we hop on a roller coaster, share laughter and tears on topics we might be ashamed to discuss. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamili Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode on the Beauteous Me podcast. I have an awesome guest because all my guests are awesome, right? Here on this Saturday, we are recording. Um, Just wanted to send love and light to everyone as we continue through this pandemic. And I know that a lot of people are stressed um, financially with everything that's going on. So I am just sending you love and light your way. And what better way to have a conversation than to have an expert who has overcome some of her own adversities and now is helping so many people uh, regain control of what they felt that they kind of lost. So Angie is a coach, writer, speaker, partner, sister, daughter, aunt, and friend. And life's biggest challenges have been her greatest blessings. Angie struggled with an eating disorder and OCD for many years. But what she really struggled with were her deeply rooted misunderstandings of herself and life. Angie took these adversities and journeyed through some phases in her life where she regained control and totally accepted herself. Angie is now on a mission to help people like you overcome your obstacles. Angie, thank you so much for being here. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. So excited. So um, let's talk about your journey. Um, How did you get here to where you are with, um, helping others. And I know I read your bio. I went on your website because like, I always tell like the listeners just know that I'm a stalker. If I'm going to have a guest on my <laughs> website, I'm going to check all your media outlets just cause I want to connect and just kind of really know the person, um, that's here, that the person behind the story, right? The warrior behind the story, the goddess behind the story. And so, um, I know that you've struggled with, um, an eating disorder and with OCD. And so I'm just going to define eating disorder just very briefly. I'm not going to get into all three of them, et cetera. But, um, although eating the term eating disorder is the name, um, it's more than just food, right? It's a complex mental health condition that often requires the intervention of medical and psychological experts to alter their course. So let's talk about it, Angie. Yeah. So you asked, um, how did I get to where I am helping people? So my journey started, I mean, it all starts when we're born. Like it's it's (laughs) everything. It's Mm -hmm. your whole life, I think, is leading you somewhere. And so growing up, I I grew up in a really big family, a really amazingly loving family. I have seven siblings, so big. Five, so I know what that's like. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's like you're in a zoo. It's kind of crazy. Um, so I never knew that I was a highly sensitive person. I didn't have context for the emotional experiences I was having. I didn't have any sort of tools for that. My, my parents didn't, they, you know, they obviously were loving and they did the best they could, but they didn't have vocabulary or tools. So I was having all these experiences not really understanding what I was experiencing and not having any tools. I was just, over time, it led me to just disconnect from myself because that's what happens. Like when we're, when we go through trauma or when we go through um, difficult overwhelm in our nervous system, one way to cope is to, to disconnect from it or to, 
you know, to freeze or different stress responses Mm -hmm. like that. And all along, I, of course, now I understand, but I had no idea any of this was happening. I was just like, do 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 going along in life, like trying to be okay, trying to make my way. Um, and then in high school, I, I went through a really rough breakup and it just sort of broke me. And I, in order to cope, started controlling. I started controlling my food and my exercise. And it made me feel good at that time. You know, it like worked for, mm-hmm. for what I wanted. I wanted to not feel those feelings. And it made me not feel those feelings. And that went on for probably like 12 years of the, the intense control. And then uh, it later morphed into OCD. And that was more like internal for me. It was like the, the, the obsessive thoughts and not being able to um, stop. I, I was so stuck in my head. I um, was stuck in the anxiety so, so deeply. It was like I was at the bottom of a, of a dark, dark, dark well. And I knew, I knew there was some sort of beautiful golden field out, out at the top, but I didn't mm-hmm. know how to get out there. Mm. Um, and, and for anyone who's experienced anything like the, an anxiety, these are both anxiety disorders. Yeah. It can feel like you are just completely trapped within yourself. They're like, you're in a prison in your head. You're in a prison in your body sometimes because of the intense sensations like panic attacks, things like that. Wow. I, I, I love when you say that you're in, you, you feel imprisoned in your head and you feel you know, alone. And it makes it, it's, it, there's a difference with every day, just normal anxiety, right? The anxiety of planning a wedding, the anxiety of, you know, starting a new job, but the feeling of every day, feeling this entrapment, feeling this panic, feeling this worry, um, is deep. It's deep. Yeah. And it feels like things that you, a part of you knows, I actually don't care as much as I feel like I'm caring about this thing that I'm worrying about, but I, it's like, I have no say mm-hmm. um, versus what you're talking about, like stress. Okay. I got a new job <laughs> or, you know, I'm not sure if I have enough money stress, whereas anxiety is about the future or the past and really trying to intensely figure out and feel certain about something that you can't, maybe you can't feel certain about. And it really latches on, a lot of, I think this is a very human condition that we don't want to feel uncertain. We think that it's bad, but it's actually where there's a beautiful, um, where all the possibilities are, where all the opportunities are in these places of uncertainty, insecurity. So my journey was a lot about stepping into embracing uncertainty, having my, um, changing my beliefs, having faith. And um, trust, a lot of trust, self-trust, a lot of faith. So when when we talk about you in, in turn from the eating disorder, it developed into your OCD. Just for listeners who don't know what OCD is, OCD is having a tendency towards excessive orderliness, perfectionism, and great attention to detail. So what was your component with OCD? Because we know that some folks, it's probably turning off the lights, worrying about, did they close the door? Did they close the door? Did they turn off? Um, did they leave their keys or touching certain items a few times or repetitive touching their face or, or different things? What, what was the OCD, um, preoccupation for you? Yeah. And 
Uh, that's a great point because that's what we see. Mm-hmm. And so what I was doing, you couldn't see. Mm. Um, it was inside. And so I went to a really great psychiatrist who had helped other people and he didn't see it. He totally missed it. He he um, diagnosed a generalized anxiety disorder based on what I was telling him. Yeah. And wow. So, you see my face. I'm like, wow. And not even, yeah. not even like integrating the eating disorder to it. It's just like, it's generalized. You're anxious. Here's your meds. Have a nice so, day. <laughs> I know. This is seriously like the, it's so sad. I, I know that some psychiatrists have really helped people, but that a lot and I hear it's like you come in and you're there for five minutes. Um, yes. Yes, I've seen, I've totally seen that, that you'll go, you'll see, I mean, I work in the mental health field and so I've worked with different psychiatrists um, and I've experienced where it's just like from a 30 minute session, you're giving me a diagnosis. I think you need to kind of dig deeper and not, you know, this, this might be just a snapshot in time and not um, something that's been taking over me for years and for 30 minutes, don't, do not sit here and, you know, diagnose me, which is like so completely unfair. And so I'm glad that you're bringing that up just, you know, to give insight to listeners. If you go see a psychiatrist and you spend five minutes with this person or 30 minutes and they give you a full blown diagnosis, walk away, find someone else. That's a really great point you're you're bringing up. And I actually had two really close people in my life recently who were diagnosed as bipolar years ago that recently were undiagnosed and said, you actually (laughs) never had bipolar. And it was this huge weight off their shoulders because without realizing it, we just internalize and identify and make it mean a lot of things about ourselves. And there's this other flip side of the coin to a diagnosis where it can be such a privilege for me when I self-diagnosed with OCD, because, um, people had missed it, but I, I did research and research and research. I Googled. It's funny. As I tell this story, uh, I was on another podcast sharing that story and they were like, just laughing about the obsessiveness of my Googling to figure out I had OCD. (laughs) Listen, I, I am a Google fanatic and people were like, don't do that. Don't Google. No, but there's a lot of research articles. Like even if I go to the doctors and they, they're telling me something, I'm like, well, I did my research online and on this journal and on this website, and on this is, they're like, okay. <laughs> I, I think that's important because you can't sit here and just be okay and, and turn over and be like, they diagnosed me with bipolar disorder, generalized anxiety disorder. When you know internally, it's something deeper. It's it, And you felt it. I'm sure you were just like, this is not it. Like there's something else going on. Hi guys, help me. <laughs> Yes. You're taking the words right out of my mouth. Exactly. That is the key distinction is I knew in my body I and I heard from my inner wisdom, something's not right. They gave you this medicine. Nothing's happening. You feel the same. Um, something is not right and you need to keep looking. And so I think that that is the key is like you have to listen to yourself too, um, like that deep part of you, not your head that's going to freak out, you know, right. but that deeper part. And then the thing is that, that then having that diagnosis, whatever you want to call it, that understanding, that realization, oh, this is, this is the experience of OCD opened the door for me to, to look for tools that would work for me. If I had not known that I was experiencing OCD, I would have never found the tools I found. Mm -hmm. So in that case, it's like, use what works. If, if the label is a weight and it's just making you make meaning of yourself in a negative way, then it's not really helping. But in some ways it's, it's really a privilege to. So 
So I'm curious to know what was the internal obsessiveness and yes. compulsive behavior? Okay. So some people, they, they, in the OCD world, they like to put things in like these like themes, like people can have, um, uh, existential, mm-hmm. you know, obsessions or relationship obsessions, sexual, um, there's all sorts of categories. Mm-hmm. I would say my different intrusive thoughts were in almost every theme, <laughs> almost wow. everything. I had scary thoughts that I would accident that would hurt someone. Um, and, uh, thoughts about like, am I a a horrible person trying to like go back through my past and like think, was that a memory? Was that real? Did that happen? Did I do that horrible thing? Um, I, let's see. Oh yeah. I would have existential fears. Like how do I even, I mean, they sound crazy saying them, but it's like, how do I even know what love is? And and that saying that might not sound like a big deal, but Mm -hmm. in my body, the reaction was like, Anxiety provoking out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and notice these are all uncertainties. What if, what if, uh, how do I know it's all trying to figure out and what OCD does, um, the way it works is it'll, it'll get more and more and more creative. If you continue to do the compulsions of reinsurance, reassurance of trying to do the self in your head reassurance or get it from outside or checking, you can check things like say you're trying to figure out if that memory was real, you can go back through and try to check, like check your memories. And that's Mm -hmm. a compulsion. Mm -hmm. Anything you try to do with those thoughts is a compulsion other than just have it be there and be like, okay, that's a thought. Okay. And now I'm going to focus on what I, what I value. I'm going to feel those feelings and I'm going to come back and focus on what's actually true for me. And I value kindness in this moment. I value love in this moment, whatever it is. Um, other that otherwise you're, what happened is it would just morph to the next thing. Like I would feel better about the one thought and then it would switch. Move on to the next. Yep. Mm. Yep. And it was from multiple levels of, of scary to terrifying. So we started off with the eating disorder and then with the OCD, with the preoccupied thoughts and the fears and everything. Did those thoughts worsen your eating disorder and the need for control or did like the pendulum swing one way where it was just like, okay, so now I'm less preoccupied with um, my eating disorder, but now I have all these fears or was it like parallel? It was more like, I had actually, by the time OCD came on, which was in, it came on, honestly, I think I experienced it throughout my whole life in different ways, but it came on really bad and strong at 20, in 2015. In 2013 was when I started getting one-to-one coaching support for the eating disorder mm-hmm. and actually had really healed that pretty, like, like to a point where if you say, say I was at like a 10 with the mm-hmm. eating disorder, I had gone down to like a one mm. at that point. So it was like, you know, I still had preoccupation with wanting food to be a certain way because of fear, but mm. it was not, not so bad. And then OCD did come up after that. Okay. So, so it's like what one part of your, you, you regain control in one part of your world that was taking over you. And then the pendulum swung the other way where it was just like, okay, now you're kind of healed this. 
let's spike this up all the way and let's see how you manage it is what I'm kind of like interpreting it where it was just like, okay, I got a hold of this and you know, I got a team, I got a good coach. And then, Hey, by the way, you're going to be scared shitless about these random things. And so here's how I want to see how you can manage it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is that, that's how I'm like, haven't I done enough? Yeah. It's like your body's like, hey, so we're not done yet with chaos. Let's just move on to something else. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It seems nuts. But I think when you look at it, it's like, okay, the the work was real. The work Mm -hmm. that I did with the eating disorder was real. I dug up so many, so much baggage. I let it go. I I changed so many beliefs at their core that were causing it, but there was still a way that I was using my brain, a way that I was using my mind that wasn't creating health. It was Mm -hmm. creating disorder. And so that didn't, because we didn't know that it didn't get addressed yet. So it was just, it wasn't like, it wasn't like the eating disorder turned into OCD, but it was like the eating disorder was the first part of the healing. And Mm -hmm. then the OCD was the second part. And so if you look at it like that. Yeah. So in looking at your journey, um, it's an incredible journey. Um, you went from acceptance to connection to self-love to unlimited possibilities and potential. And then you moved from perfectionism to embracing mistakes and feeling perfect as you are. And then finally to freedom. Mm-hmm. And so can you take us through that journey of healing and um getting there because those, those phases are pretty intense, especially you can get stuck in certain areas, the acceptance and connection. Um, it's, it's easy to kind of stay there and and be hard to kind of move past those Mm. two stages. So let's, let's talk about that. I I think that always that first place is acceptance. And I'm sure many of your listeners, I mean, that's something you hear a lot that you have to start there. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's really, really so true. And, and starting to for example, accept the OCD. It, at one point, the OCD felt like this tumor on my body that I just wanted to cut off. And I realized in that moment of that deep desire to lob off a whole part of myself, like surgically remove it, that that was, that was rejection. I was mm-hmm. rejecting this. And, and who am I to say that that's not perfectly what I, where I was meant to be and perfectly the experience I was meant to have at that time. And so beginning to find acceptance for not the things that I thought were great, but the things that I judged so deeply about myself and the experience, mm-hmm. the acceptance of the emotions, like, yes, this is what I'm feeling. These are the thoughts. Um, I began to, on that journey, really allow myself to feel those sensations to come back into my body. And I was so living in my just neck up, like it, I couldn't, I couldn't come into my body. It was just too much. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it with you saying that I'm like you to sit. It's hard for people to sit and actually feel those emotions. Cause what do we want to do? We want to run away from tough emotions and tough feelings. People just want to run and hide people, self-medicate people do other things to kind of take away from that internal feeling. So just you saying, having to sit there and be in your head, you know, that's, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. It's, it was so hard. It was like, it's imagine if you're really, I don't know why this is coming to me, but say you're like, you weigh a ton more than you want to weigh. You're, maybe you're obese and you want to get healthy and you start going to the gym 
and imagine that that feeling of how much it hurts, how much it's like, but you have to start feeling those feelings or you're never going to get healthy. And so I started to sit with the sensations, notice what I felt in my body, which all sorts of different things, and to, to name the emotions and to let them be allowable. Okay, mm-hmm. you're allowed to be here. And then it was like I was safe again mm-hmm. to come back into my body. And that is where our connection is to ourselves because it's not in our mind. It's like that's a part of us, but our soul, our hearts, our intuition, our inner wisdom, it's in our body. Our emotions are felt in our body. So as I started to come back there, I started to um, be able to hear my next steps. To And then when we're talking about perfectionism, that was just a belief that I, I learned along the way was that if I don't get it right, something bad will happen. I'll lose love. So I had to start recognizing that and then just trying making mistakes, letting myself sometimes purposefully say, you have to mess this up. And this has been a journey over several years, many years, um, especially owning my own business. Just there's so much room to be, to publicly mess up, you know, so it's like even, even bigger. I I shared with you with the podcast mistakes, you know, that's, it's, (laughs) we messed up and how do we not beat ourselves over it? Right. And not have that anxiety feeling like, oh my God, 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 oh my God. (laughs) Yes. What I started to realize was that there were so many things that I never just, I just didn't do because I would, the perfectionism, I didn't know that I could be, make it perfect. And I realized if I could just believe it was perfect every time I would get so much done. So I started to adopt that a little bit and to just, and then over time it sort of shifted to realizing, Oh, all these mistakes are, are, are part of my success because they're, they're, they're the steps to success. Mm -hmm. So I started redefining mistake as a success step and, and that, and that helped. And, and, it's still something I think I'll, I'll always grow in that that desire to make mistakes, that desire to um, get it, let it be messy. Um, but but it's way better than it was. Yeah, it's like, I feel that I've created that a sense of freedom. I'm allowed to mess it up. I know. Here's the key thing: is I know that my worth. And my lovability, my ability to love myself or to have love has nothing to do with any mistake I could make or anything I even do. I am worthy of love simply because I be, simply because I exist and here. And so that was the key, like, okay, all right. Because the deep, deep, deep fear when I went down there was like, they're going to leave me. They're going to not love me, you know? And so if that's not true, like, because it's not based on how good I do or how much I do or what I do, then I can make mistakes. I love it. I love it. And I see your smile when you talk about it. You, you know, it, <laughs> you can tell like internally, like, you know, I did the work and I'm, I'm so happy with making a mistake and not, you know, judging myself for it, you know, which is, which is a good feeling. And I see it. I see it from your energy where you're just like at peace, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally at peace. So when you were able to embrace your mistakes, we talked about it, and you moved to total freedom. What was that, and how did it bring you to where you are now to help others? Um, so great question. I'll just because there's there's so many pieces, but what what's coming to me is that in this process of reconnecting to myself and letting myself be 
begin to know and love who I am, I started to hear that, yes, I do need a vehicle to support other people in having that. Mm -hmm. And that, and coaching was that vehicle that was very clear to me. That's the way coaching was the way that I had been able, like receiving the coaching was the way that I had been able to create so much transformation and to begin to have freedom within myself and in my life. And I will say that I don't think, I think there's still, there's still much more for me to go in my freedom, but man, I let myself be honest with myself. I let myself speak my desires to myself. I let them myself speak them out loud. I uh, love who I am and I share who I am. So I know there's more to go because life is that journey of the unfolding. But what I realized in that was that um, I can help people with what I've been through. And I see it was like I could look at them because I was sitting around a table when I made this decision, a table of other people that had were deeply experiencing OCD in a support group. And I was there to offer some support at this point because I had gone so far on my journey. And it was like I could see them, like the potential was visual for me mm. the within them. And I wanted, I wanted a way to bring that out because since I wasn't yet coaching, I hadn't made that decision. I could only do so much. I, I, you know, it was kind of like I was their peer and I needed something where I could really get in there and really just support them in, in getting to that place where they get to experience themselves and that potential that I, that I know that I feel because I've been where they are and because I know what they're thinking, probably that, that this is it, you know, I'm going to suffer. And so, um, I just made that decision and I took that leap overnight. That was a Wednesday night when I was sitting around that table and I went home and said, yes, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And I purchased my first training program that night. (laughs) night. (laughs) And then, yeah. And then so much unfolded from there. Yeah. And so one of the things that I see that you offer on your website is the ease guidebook, the emotional ease, right? Yeah. That's what it's Uh called. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your free gift um, with the emotion ease guidebook. Yeah. I just had someone reach out to me today about it. And actually I'm not sure their name because they just use initials, but I think it was a woman. And she said, "Um, I don't even know how I got connected to you, but I've been reading your guidebook and I want to watch the webinar and it's really helping. So I love that one. It's like, I don't even know how I found you. I've had that in my life before with people like divine, divine, divine connection. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So I love offering this gift. Um, You can sign up on my website for it. And what it is, is you'll get an email that has a PDF guidebook to emotional ease. It's called Mm -hmm. all the feels because it's really about all of them. And it just helps you understand your emotions. I mean, for so many of us, there's no, there's nothing, there's no guidebook. Our parents didn't have it. Nope. You know, we don't culturally, you name it. (laughs) It's it's like, don't talk about it unless you're happy. Talk about that. Um, And so we don't understand what even, what are emotions? What, why do we feel them? Why do we have to feel the hard ones? How do we not have such a hard time with our emotions? Most of the people I work with, pretty much all the people I work with feel things very deeply. And so that's why they're probably attracted to me. It's like that being able to 
thrive when you do feel things deeply. Because when you do, you're going to feel also the anxiety deeply. You're going to feel the happiness deeply, but also, you know, sadness. So how to really move through life gracefully with all those emotions and, and love them, love the experience, get to be alive. Yeah. Really. Cause when we don't feel it's like, we're not living. Um, so there's that. And then there's the webinar that goes along with it. It's a, I think it's about 80 minutes and it'll teach you around what's in the guidebook, um, and give you some other insight because there are, are, are people attending the webinar on there. So you can hear their personal um, questions about it and what was hard for them that you might relate to. And then at the end of the guidebook that you can, it's, you can print it out if you want, you can read it on your computer. Uh, there are specific action steps, specific exercises you can do to start to have these changes within yourself. This it, It's so amazing. I, I had a chance to look at um, the guidebook, not yet the 80 minute session, but it's it. I I love how you help others just kind of journey through that and feel the feels. Because again, like I, I had mentioned, we we tend to run from feeling the feels. <laughs> yeah, but this allows us an opportunity. And I know this is something that I've been on my soapbox lately. Um, on my Instagram is just that allow yourself to feel, allow yourself to feel these emotions, especially with everything going on, uh, with the pandemic, and you know, it's really bringing about even more internal chaos in ourselves. Um, allowing yourself to feel because if you don't and you keep masking it, it's it's really not helping you. And you you allow that opportunity, you give that platform to people, and which is amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I just want to speak to that real quick and just mm-hmm. say for anyone who is feeling that there's such a heaviness, and 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 even doing everyday work, and I work with coaches and therapists myself to stay on top of my to really create that health for myself mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I feel it. And I'm letting myself feel it. But I just want to speak to that because maybe some people feel alone, you know, that that they're the only one. But no, so many people are feeling a heavy sadness, a lot of fear. And so just naming that. Yeah, absolutely. So, Angie, tell us where people can find you. So I would love if you visit me on my website, AngieIlg.com. So that's A-N-G-I-E-I-L-G.com. And that's where there's, uh, it's pretty easy to see where you can get that free gift on there. It's right um, it's down below. <laughs> yeah, sidebar and it pops up as well. And then um, you can find a link. I, I have a Facebook page. I have Instagram. I am um, right now not super active on either. But if, you, if you're on there and you message me, that's great too. I mean, I still share. I'm just taking care of my um, emotional and my energetic being. That is so so important. And I'm glad you're saying that and allowing listeners to hear that, that it doesn't matter where we are in life, you know, myself as a clinician and everything, you have to give yourself that space. So thank you for saying that. Yes. And, and if they like truly, truly listening to your needs, but, and if they sign up for that free gift, they'll automatically be on my newsletter list, which I send on average, like two a month. They are, um, really transparent. They're like love letters. And I'm always sharing. Um, this is something I, I think people value about it is that it's, it's very honest and, and it'll always be something that's like a helpful experience or tool that I, that I have to offer. Super awesome. Thank you so much, Angie, for spending your day and your time and taking out this time to be with me, um, especially during this time. And I hope you know, you continue to take care of yourself, 
we take care of each other, take care of a community. Um, You're not in this alone. No one is in this alone. And so, you know, pouring out love to others. um, And and thank you for all the takeaways. It's just always refreshing and a reminder that we have to continue to not only take care of ourselves, take care of others, but feel our emotions. It was just so solidifying for all I've been saying this week, like just feel it, feel it. (laughs) Yes. Oh, perfect timing. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you so much, Angie. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Beauteous Me podcast. Please be sure to download new episodes every week and send us your girl, what were you thinking or asking for friend stories to info at imbeauteousme.com. All entries remain anonymous. Also, don't, 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 don't forget to rate, review, and hit the subscribe button now.